0: Welcome to episode 12 of the Redeeming Productivity Show. In this episode, I'm joined by Adam Ford. Adam is the creator of the Babylon Bee. Uh, He's also the creator of the Adam Ford Newsletter and his latest venture, Discern News. Uh, In this interview, we talk about everything from the genesis of the Babylon Bee, the Christian's relationship to news and politics, and of course, uh, about the tools, the techniques, and the mindset that Adam employs to bring glory to God while being productive in his work. Adam, thanks for joining us. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm pretty great, Reagan. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing really good now that I'm talking with you. (laughs) (laughs) So Adam, uh, people probably know you mostly from the Babylon Bee. You founded the Babylon Bee. Uh, You also uh, Adam Ford Web Comics and the Christian Daily Reporter. yes now your latest project discern news Um, yes yeah tell tell us about yourself and about uh some of your projects
1: about myself now that's quite an open-ended question
0: start with your childhood
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm just a a christian dude from metro detroit where mr known as the the home of reagan rose (laughs) uh reagan and i for the listeners who don't know our friends were from the same area. Well, we weren't really that much of friends when we when you lived out here. but then you moved out west and went off on your grand adventure, and then we kind of became friends after you left. It was kind of a weird thing, but
0: yeah, you know I was thinking about when what how much contact we had when I was out there. and yeah. uh, I thought about the spillover that was probably the <laughs> first time that I'd heard right. your name uh we when we were working on the blog for the uh, church
1: the church blog yes man that so was a long we, time ago yeah, it
0: was yeah so we go way back
1: yeah you mentioned too when we were getting ready for this you mentioned piper gifts and yes. i can't even i i may have totally forgotten about that i hadn't thought about that in so long and it made me happy to think about it and go back and look at some of the old piper gifts
0: I love those when they had the frames around them, and I think that that was like one of the first things you would know better than I do. But I think that was one of the first things before even you did the web comics. I remember seeing; uh, I think I saw Charlie share those way back in the day. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that was the web comic was first. I actually, you know, the idea came to me to make a bunch of gifs of John Piper doing all his gesticulations, and I thought, well, that would probably be some good content marketing for my webcomic so I made that and I put like you know a little ad for my webcomic and that was one of the ways that I drove traffic to my comics way was all long part of time the plan. ago
0: all part of the plan Yeah. for you to that ascend long time to the throne ago, of internet greatness <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah so
0: man I don't, what do you want to know about me the reason I wanted to have you on uh, is because you are like clearly you productive person in just in terms of what you have produced. I mean, you've gone multiple, multiple platforms, websites, and you've built them up from nothing. Um, so maybe talk to us about that. Do you think of yourself? What do you like, if you were to categorize yourself, are you like a content creator or are you a, a like a serial entrepreneur or, you know, what do you, um, how do you think I'm, about yourself? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Okay. Just going <laughs> to
1: Jesus juke you real quick.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a content true.
1: creator, <laughs> I guess. You know, I, I've just I've had this this awesome and kind of strange and unique sort of career as a content creator where I've, I've, I'll do something for a while and then I'll move on to something different and do that. And then that's kind of what I've done. Uh, I started with the comics um, at adamford.com. I was creating all these Christian comics and they got popular. You, you mentioned uh, Tim Challey's, my buddy he um we met because of the comics. he was one of the first people to kind of give me some traffic when he when he linked to me from his a la carte section of his website long ago and the comics became very popular and um Patreon was a new thing. I created a patreon page and a, a lot of people signed up to support me and that's how i was allowed to, that's how I was able to quit my job of nine years uh in in sales and start Creating content full time—that had to be like a dream come true, right? <laughs> it was weird, man. I'll tell you that it was great. Yeah, um, you know, I took—I don't know—it was a—it was quite a leap of faith. I think I took a seventy-five percent pay cut or something like that. The, wow! Uh, it wasn't, you know, yeah, it wasn't. It was the the Patreon support was amazing, but it wasn't nearly enough to to like fully support um, me and my family. So it was kind of a leap of faith and. You know, it's funny looking back on it. There's so many, so many things that that come to mind, but one of them is, you know, I could have tried so hard to plan it out and I had people email me and and seriously blast me when I announced I was quitting my job to do comics full-time. Like strangers
0: or people from Oh yeah,
1: well, I mean, I'm, you know, I've been getting, I've been getting (laughs) hate mail and random email (laughs) and stuff like that for so long now that I I don't hardly even notice it anymore. But, but they, you know, people were like, you're, you're, being a bad representation of a Christian. You're, you're, you know, you're not being prudent. This is blind faith. You're going to, you know, everything's going to go South and you're going to make Christians look bad type of thing. And I could have just wrung my hands planning about Mm -hmm. exactly what I was going to do exactly how I was going to make it work. I could have done spreadsheet after spreadsheet and this and that. And, but the, the truth of it is that God had a plan. And I did, i couldn't have known what it was
0: mm-hmm. because
1: the Babylon Bee wasn't a thing yet. We, you know, I didn't really know how I was gonna pay my bills long term, and I didn't know a lot of things. But but God had the Babylon Bee in the future, and and
0: that's what ended up happening. Yeah. So you were you went full time just on the Adam Ford comics then. That yeah. was in
1: uh, November 2014. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a long time—five years ago. My goodness. Yeah, man, it's crazy. And and you know, I've always been a very productive, task oriented, Mm -hmm. you know, like a hard, crazy worker, overworker, possibly. I was that in sales as well. Mm -hmm. And um, after the, you know, the first two or three months working from home, I was just kind of like in shock. Like I didn't know what to do. It just didn't (laughs) seem right. It was like, what is going on? No one's telling
0: me what to do at all. (laughs) This is very strange. I don't know.
1: It didn't seem right, whatever, but yeah, now I've been working from home for a long time now, man.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting transition. I think, I mean, I have, I guess I did. I, when I first came to seminary. I worked, um, from home full, full time in addition yeah. to school. That's how I made money. And my wife did too, actually. So I don't know why we took normal jobs, but I yeah. think, <laughs> um, you know, the at least people I've heard from who listen to the podcast and who, um, who read the blog, a lot of them tend to be people who are, uh, more self-directed. They're either like yeah. entrepreneurial types or, um, right. or, you know, whatever, they they work from home or whatever, or or pastors, which is a really, really highly uh, self-directed location. And I think people who do productivity stuff tend to be that because Mm -hmm. you kind of, if no one's forcing you to be productive, you know, self-discipline either has to come from the outside or it's got to come from the inside. Like Mm -hmm. if someone's not disciplining you uh, to do your job, then you got to discipline yourself. So I think that's helpful. Um, Yeah. That's
1: a question I've gotten a lot is the discipline question. Like how do you how do you stay disciplined how do you maintain discipline how do you stay productive when you're not accountable to a boss or whatever and that's been i never know really how to answer that because it's never been an issue for me ever before and Mm -hmm. i think part of it is because i'm constantly doing what like i love to do so i i love it i mean i i love it my I work all the time and then if I have free time and I can partake in a hobby, I would like to work. That's what yes. I like to do, yeah. you know? So it's not, it's never been an issue for me, like I, you know, drag myself to the computer and I mean for the most part, I, I absolutely love what I do and I can't wait to get up every day and do it. Oh, that's awesome, man. And that's been the case with the comics, that was the case with The Babylon Bee, that was the case with Christian Daily Reporter, that's the case with Discern right now in my newsletter. Uh, it's called the Adam Ford newsletter. I've, I've been focusing on that quite a bit, put a few hours into that every day as well. And I've been yeah. enjoying it a lot.
0: I'm surprised how much you're able to turn out. I, I subscribe I to too. all the newsletters <laughs> and stuff. And I can't believe even after you've, since you've launched discern, like you're still yeah. keeping Christian daily reporter updated, like, and that's yeah. mostly you, right? It like, I know that so, you have uh, a, 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 have writers for Discern, but that's yeah. like all you, the Christian Daily Reporter and the newsletters, right?
1: Yes. And so here's going to be a Redeeming Productivity World exclusive. <laughs> Christian Daily Reporter is, in short order, going to be going the way of the buffalo. Really? Yep. Yep. It's going to get... Um, you know, the, the the thing is that Discern, especially if you put my newsletter alongside of it, it's everything that CDR is, but times about 10. So yeah. it's all the stories that would be on CDR. It's got the links to the the uh, other sources that you'd find on CDR, but it also has a nice summary there for you, so you don't have to click through most of the time. It and makes then, sense. Yeah, and then my, and it, you know, I can see that it's, and I, I figured this was going to happen, that it's sort of uh, cannibalizing, discern is cannibalizing traffic from CDR, because most of the links on CDR anymore point to discern. So that's... totally. Yeah, so... It's cool. It's it's fine. And um, was
0: that always part of the plan when you launched CDR? Did you think I'm going to do a news outlet eventually? No.
1: See, so- that's the thing. <laughs> you know, that's that's a, that's what I mean. Like I I am not anti-planning. You know, I plan stuff, but you never know what God's going to do. Absolutely. You never know what God's going to do. I didn't know that Seth and I, the guy that bought the Babylon beef for me, we became good friends. And you know, he just flew up here. This is how Discern was born, and we spent a day together. And we just plotted. We just plotted what we could do next. You know. And, awesome. uh, he's my partner on discern and, uh, he's my business partner and yeah, discern was born. And so we, we, we wanted to do something that, and for the listeners, it's D I S R N. That's how you spell discern. D I S R N. Yeah. Dot com D I S R N. Yeah. So, you know, we wanted to do a, an, a news aggregation website that has nice, brief, succinct summaries of all the stories. That is is newsletter centric and podcast centric, so this is rolling out in phases. Um, we're just over a month old now the the website is four weeks ago we launched. Uh, it's going very well it's it's surpassing all of our expectations. and uh, my newsletter is going very well. We've got another newsletter that's just basically uh, a collection of all the stories for the last twenty four hours that were published on the site. Uh, and we're gonna have some more newsletters coming. There's a, a a really sharp guy that writes for Discern named Peter Heck. He's got a newsletter that he's that we're gonna start pushing. And next next phase is gonna be the podcast. So I'm gonna have a regular podcast. Peter's gonna have a regular podcast, and we're gonna recruit a couple more folks to be named later that are gonna have regular podcasts all under the Discern banner.
0: That's really cool. So I'm that's exciting, man. It. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. It more really is, you know, and
1: and people. It, People are, the feedback has been really, really phenomenal so far. People are very happy and excited to have someone who thinks like them and and believes Mm -hmm. things that they believe. This is kind of, this is where the name discern came from. You know, I'm I'm plowing through, you know, hundreds of articles a day and not just me, but other people as well. And we're distilling it down to just what people like us want to know. You know what I mean? I love it. The good stuff, the bad stuff, the heavy stuff, the just interesting stuff, the, the happy stories. Uh, because there's so much consequential and heavy stuff that goes on every day that we, you know, we sprinkle in some lighthearted stuff uh, and we just put it all together, man.
0: I love it. Well, I've really been enjoying it. I, I subscribed since it started to the newsletter and I, I read thank it you. every day. And Oh, thank you. Yeah, I wrote an article a while back called How uh, How to Keep Up with the News Without Going Down the Rabbit Hole. And yes. I feel like that's in, in that article, I linked, uh, back then to CDR, mm. but that's exactly what I appreciate about it. And I think what even more so what discern accomplishes is there's too much, there's there too is much so there. much, man. And so much. I can't remember how I put it in the article, but basically I want someone to someone I trust to pre-filter it for me and give me the stuff. That's important, and I can go deeper if I want to, but
1: that's exactly. I don't it.
0: have the time. so uh, that what is exactly. you people, just so described
1: short. what discern does. That's what you just described.
0: You chew my food we do like a mother bird, and then you vomit <laughs> it into my mouth. Thank you for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, our, our motto is brief, smart, faithful. So mm. it's short, it's but it's dense and it's faithful. It, it, the, the news stories that we write, the hard news is very objective. It's not opinion news. We have opinion pieces. But the news is—it's very objective. It's—it's it's just reporting the facts. Uh, but the stories that we report on are things that, generally speaking, Christians and conservatives uh, are concerned about, want to know about.
0: That's what we do. Well, you guys are doing great so far. Thank I'm you. excited for the for the podcast to launch. Thank too. you.
1: Yeah, we've got a great little team at Discern too. We've got a
0: great little team of writers. Adam, probably the thing people know you most for is the Babylon Bee. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before or if this is already on the recording, but uh, you did a podcast with them, came out I think last week or maybe that was this week. Yeah, I- I'll link to that. It's a really good interview. So I won't spend a ton of time on Babylon Bee, but I want to ask you a few questions about it because that is that is your uh, your baby. Um, Where? How did you come up with the idea for it? Well,
1: it, I, 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 like I explained on the B podcast, which by the way, that was my first podcast ever. This isn't, I've never done this before. This is my second podcast ever here with, with Mr. Reagan Rose. I've, I've always been, this sort of thing's always made me very uncomfortable, but lately I've been, I've been more uh, willing to venture out of my comfort zone and do stuff like this. So um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you uh, come up with the, balance? Oh, right. Yeah. So that was an idea. You know, I, I have, I have lots of ideas. I'm an ideas guy. And most of them come in and then they go away after a while. <laughs> yeah. And that was just one of the ideas that it just wouldn't let go. It wouldn't go away. So I just eventually had to acquiesce and say, okay, all right, I'm just, I'm going to do it. And the the desire to create the Babylon Bee came a, a lot of, a lot of the reason I wanted to do that is because uh, watching some of the 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 late night news satire the talk show guys, John Stewart and all that I mean, and mm-hmm. watching the onion, um, especially back in the Obama years, especially when massive societal change was happening during those years, I'm talking about the Obergefell case, uh same sex marriage becoming yeah. legalized, all this all that I mean all that crazy stuff that happened during obama's reign and how they just spoke into it and it was so effective you know they would the onion would run these stories man and they would just go viral and they were they were so effective at reinforcing the progressive point of view on any situation and they were funny and comedy is so disarming uh you can't it's hard to There's not much of a comeback to a really good joke, you know. You just kind of have to take it on the chin. And so I would see this, and I'm like, man, we need something like that. We need something like that. That what that joke right there. I I wish I could remember some of them, but I can't. The only one that I can remember is, uh, I mean, I don't remember the exact headline, but there was this onion story about about the Supreme Court justices who dissented on Obergefell, suddenly realizing they were going to be. the antagonists in the future Emmy award-winning film or something like that. <laughs> it was brutal, but it was yeah, like, yeah, it was, it was right on. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as, I mean, it was wrong, but it was very effective.
0: Yeah. They cut and, right with the satire. They cut right to the heart of the is issue without having to like, explain anything at all you just instantly get it and yep. it, you kind of sneak it under the door too With a, with a, yeah
1: shot. and if you're on the other side it's just a punch to the gut and there's nothing you can do about it you know yeah and so I just thought man we need something like that and so it just wouldn't go away and I you know the more I researched it the more I thought man I can do that and uh, so I recruited just this little team of unpaid people that were just excited about the idea mm-hmm. and uh populated the site with 15 or 20 articles and we launched on march 1st uh 2016 and yeah
0: it it seems like forever ago yeah i know it absolutely blew up (laughs) yeah i remember getting like a one sentence email from you that said what do you think about a christian satire website that's all it said with a question mark (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) that's funny yeah yeah so it's crazy man how it how it blew up it's um you know, there were over a million visitors the first month and that was the it's you crazy. know, the lowest month ever.
0: That's just wild.
1: I know, and it was totally organic as well. We, we never advertised, we never marketed. It was totally organic, all the growth. And now it's, I sold it a little over a year ago. Uh, I still own a small part of it, uh, but the guy I sold the majority of it to, his name is Seth Dillon. He's become my good friend. And the guy who was my head writer Kyle Mann is now the editor in chief running the show over there and they've hired a couple other guys on. And, um, the B is doing better than ever by any, any, uh, standard
0: you could probably want to look at. Hey, what made you decide to sell it? Did Seth approach you or were you shopping? Yeah. Or how'd that, how that go down? He did, uh, you know,
1: after it blew up, I, that was a regular thing to get unsolicited. Um, messages and emails of people wanting to buy it or wanting to invest in it or whatever. And I never wanted to, uh, for the first little while. And then eventually I just was ready to, you know, it, that thing I was saying earlier, it had been a couple of years and I was just ready for the next thing. And there were other, you know, there was obviously in a, in a decision that big, there, there are a lot of factors involved. Um, I was, you know, I was <laughs> part of it. Was I was I was working so much? It, it required so much of me, and I laughed because now with Discern, I think I'm <laughs> actually I know I'm working more now. So I don't I'm not sure how this happened, but uh, and and I was there was this constant anxiety about um, getting. You know, we had we had multiple beefs with Facebook and these other social yeah. media overlords about oh. trying to shut us down and all this, and we're very heavily dependent on Facebook for traffic, so it was this constant source of anxiety like, am I going to wake up tomorrow and they're going to shoot me, you know, and then that's going to be the end of the story. Uh, There was, it was, that was pretty terrible. And then there was the, I'm I'm sort of a, I'm trying to work on this, but historically speaking, let's say, (laughs) I've been a bit of a control freak. And especially on something like that, because it was like you said, it was like my baby, you know, I wanted, I wanted my hands on everything. It was very hard for me to uh, delegate things. And so, Because of that, I came to realize like I'm probably uh, hindering its growth because I saw it, the response to the bee was just unbelievable. I mean, it was unbelievable. And I knew that it could, that we were just scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. And I, but there's only so, you can only grow so much with basically two guys running the show, me and Kyle, you know, and with me having to put my hands on everything and we needed someone who was going to, take some risks and, and who was going to hire some people and who was going to put some resources behind it. And that's exactly what Seth did and it's paid off.
0: And the thing you moved to was from doing satire of the news to doing real news, which, yeah. you know, the irony is yeah, well, it was lost natural. on many people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was natural. You know, I, when we start with, after about a year, maybe not even that long, um, publishing, you know, lots of stories every day on the B you kind of run out of, of some of the, the low hanging fruit church culture jokes. You know what I'm yep. saying? Yeah. Uh, and so the long, the further we went along, the more necessary it was for me to stay deeply informed on the day's news and events Makes sense. because that's the stuff we would be riffing on. You know, the, whatever was happening in politics, whatever the major news of the day was. So I was in the news all day, every day. And, and so it was a pretty natural transition to, to reporting real news Because, you know, in a sense, that's kind of what The Bee does. It reports real news just in a, you know, a satirical way. So I was already in the news. I was already digesting all this. I was already picking out the things that were important and were not important. And I thought, um, and then after selling The Bee, I wanted to do something that was more a passion project, a thing, my own little, my own little playground on the internet. That's what Christian Daily Reporter was, is... And you weren't, de-
0: uh, and you're not dependent on anybody when you launched that. Right? And that I was mean, amazing. The newsletter, it, you, know, depended, it, you didn't care about the, I know you, you were saying you weren't even doing social media with that initially. No, no social media, no nothing. Yeah.
1: No, that it was, it was, it's, the response was amazing as well. You know, it's just, I didn't even have ads on the site, so it wasn't monetized. It was just a, it was a hobby. Uh, but like all of my work hobbies, I took it very seriously and, and I, it, I worked full time on it all the time. And, um, yeah, almost a hundred percent of the traffic was direct traffic.
0: That's so awesome, which is crazy. People yeah.
1: intentionally going to that website, like not because it was on their Facebook feed or whatever well that's it's crazy
0: uh, people don't I think people who don't work in doing stuff with content, they don't realize like the internet if you think about what your actual habits are you realize it but you know back in the day people would say make sure you bookmark our website yeah but i mean how many bookmarks do people use like right y- you were dependent on facebook or twitter or um or email newsletters most of the time to yep. actually drive us to these things other i mean i don't go and check a website how many websites do people check so it really is in this day and age Remarkable, and actually, I had it as my homepage. I still do. Oh, the Daily you. Reporter is my homepage. I so, do. I don't, that was probably the first time I changed my homepage in a decade. From like, we'll change it over to Discern is. now. All right, I'll do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. So, so all the things you just said when you, when you, when you come to realize that people are just passively allowing basically Facebook or Google to determine what they're reading every day and what they're informed on and all that, and then imagine yourself running the Babylon Bee where. A uh, great majority of your traffic was coming from Facebook, and you start to see like, wow, we are utterly dependent on them for the flow of information in our society, and it can become a very alarming thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially when the, their agenda starts to become more yeah. clear. Yeah. <laughs> Put
1: all that together, and yeah, yeah, it's rough. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, just about news in general, right? Yeah. Um. Some believers, other people I've talked to in the past, will say things like. Well, you know, we shouldn't bother with the news as as Christians, you know, especially and especially now that politics are like so heated right now in this country. um, People say, let's just stay out of it. Let's just, you know, I don't even need to keep up on any of it. Yeah. Um, But you are very much keeping up on it and involved in it. And you're you're providing a service um, that in part is for believers. So, yeah. Why should Christians care about the news?
1: Well, that's a good question. I wish you would have fed me these questions beforehand so I
0: could have come up with a really (laughs) witty answer. This is all off the cuff, people, just for the record. Um, And for the record, I did send him the questions, but he was, quote unquote, too busy to read them.
1: (laughs) I was too busy redeeming productivity. (laughs) So, yes, people should care about the news because I don't see anything virtuous about being willfully ignorant of what's happening in the world. And sometimes people ask the question, like not the news in general, but they, they more refer to politics. Like Mm -hmm. should Christians be involved with politics? And I mentioned this on the B podcast that anymore in our society, politics is entertainment politics. Mm -hmm. There's never been a time I've read numerous things on this. There's never been a time that so many people have been so involved and care so much about politics it's kind of a new thing, you know, kind of the Trump era sort of ushered it in, I suppose. Um, and like I mentioned on the B podcast, that um, the Mueller testimony drew more viewers than um, the Game of Thrones uh, show finale, which was like one of the most popular shows in the world. And I thought that was that's a nice crazy. little <laughs> it, That's yeah. It's the new entertainment. Everyone is paying attention. So I guess the question is, you know, should Christians be involved in politics? Should Christians be involved in anything? Hmm. And if the answer to that is yes, then politics should be up there at the top of the list. Yeah. You know, and and the more I've read and the more I've learned about the worldviews behind different political camps, the more I've learned about the differences between between conservatism and collectivism, you know, between liberty and tyranny, um, the more I'm convinced just utterly convinced that, that being involved in espousing political beliefs or or fighting for, you know, say against abortion, being, being involved in pro-life things, being involved in, I mean, all this stuff in the news right now, man, about the you know this little seven-year-old James, you know, whose mom is trying to turn him into a girl, you know, all this crazy stuff. But this is, being involved in this kind of stuff is, is in effect, a way of loving your neighbor. So we're here to glorify God. We're here to love God. We're here to love our neighbor. One of the things I realized some time ago, I'm sorry, if I'm going off on tangents here, that's kind of just what I do. Plus, no, I this had is a great cup of coffee. <laughs> um, one of the things I realized recently is that if I, if you're going to dedicate your life to something, if I'm going to try to have a mission statement or a, you know, an mo. What What am I doing? What 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 things should I keep focused in front of me? Uh, well, I'm here to love God, glorify God, enjoy Him forever. I'm here to love my neighbor. I'm here, and how do I love my neighbor? I'm here to try to reduce the suffering of my neighbor. I'm here to try to increase the quality of life of my neighbor. Right, and if you look at two things that have been responsible for more suffering and death in the entire story of humankind, possibly than anything else. I mean, it depends on how you'd want to define things. I would say that would be abortion, and you might just call it collectivism. Mm -hmm. And under the umbrella of collectivism, you've got, of course, communism, which is one of the most horrific things that sinful human heart has ever concocted in, in our history. So what I'm trying to say here is, for everybody listening, preach the gospel, fight abortion, fight collectivism. The end.
0: (laughs) You need to get, uh, you know, uh, one of those uh, Hobby Lobby type signs, you know, like a live, laugh, love one that says (laughs) that, you can put it over your mantle. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what my, the point of what I was just trying to get across was that, was that, Being in politics just for the sake of being in politics and trying to, you know, wanting to flame people on Twitter or whatever, that's kind of dumb. If you're in politics because you love God, if you're in politics because you love God and you love your neighbor, and you generally care about people's quality of life, and you generally care about human flourishing, Mm -hmm. that's an entirely different thing.
0: That's such a great point. It's such a great point. The motivations for what we do, like, can make all the difference in the world between something being a worthless pursuit or a virtuous pursuit. Yes. Why are you doing it? Are you doing all things for the glory of God? Are you thinking about the way in which you're operating? Yes. Or are you just going to work to make a paycheck? You just kind of, you know, try to stay out of stuff online so, um, you know, that aunt you don't care about doesn't uh, get mad at you. Right. Um, (laughs) You're uh, right. You're right. And it's it's just
1: don't mindlessly do things. You know. So I'm not a conservative because I want to listen to Sean Hannity, Hannity and Rush Limbaugh. So that I can, or Ben Shapiro, so that I can get the the best way to own the libs, so that I can get lots of followers online. That's stupid and worthless. That's there's nothing there. That's what's the point of that? But if I say, just to pick one thing, look around and I see this this uh, system called capitalism that's responsible for more human is more responsible for human flourishing than anything else ever and I see it juxtaposed against socialism-slash-communism-slash-collectivism and and uh, state tyranny and, and social welfare and state control and all of this stuff that's responsible for massive human suffering, I have a vested interest, because I love my neighbor, I have a vested interest in trying to promote the system that is responsible for massive human flourishing. Why wouldn't I do that if I love my neighbor, right?
0: Absolutely. There and we I go. Think, I think that you know you've got the the whole question of every political agenda, whatever it is, is driven by some sort of worldview. You know, they have an understanding yes. of what man is like, what what our purpose on the planet is for. You're going, um,
1: what, you're going to go Al Mohler on me with this yeah, worldview now. In a
0: Genesis three world, <laughs>
1: uh, I'm Albert know. Mohler. <laughs>
0: But what do you, what are you, who's going to speak to it? If, if right. who, who has the answers, the authoritative answers about what mankind is really like, if it's not, if it's not Christian speaking into that and explaining what the world is like and countering wrong, uh, you know, wrong philosophies that undergird so many political ideologies. I mean, how much bad political ideology has been driven by the fact that people assume that mankind is good, and if you just leave him alone, he's going to end up flourishing and doing all the right stuff. You don't need the right. law. You don't need um, You don't need any sort of incentivization to make people work. Sure. Uh, all of those things scripture speaks to. So if, if Christians aren't talking about it, where are people going to hear the answers? It's, it's not going to be the right answers.
1: You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And that's why I'm happy that people like you have a podcast. And that's why I want to start a podcast. And that's why I'm grateful for people like, you know, Al Mohler or whomever who, who speak about these sort of things. Because you're exactly right. Who Who's who's better to speak into that sort of stuff than a Christian who's submitted to the Word of God and who knows the, about the reality of absolute truth? I mean, look around at the world right now, Reagan, That. It, the this subjective sort of postmodern fairy tale ethereal nothing's really true or real is I mean I just mentioned earlier a seven year old whose mother's trying to turn him into a girl I mean this is reality now this right. is reality now you it's not need, like you this don't need freakish satire thing site anymore like what's that
0: you don't even need to run your satire site anymore dude I know I legitimately get long people
1: long asking flight. me like is discern satire or is it real <laughs> people legitimately ask me that so it, but you know, it's never. There's never been a better time that I know of for Christians to stand up for the truth and to just speak plainly, lovingly, but plainly, and say, "No, this is this is insane."
0: Absolutely, there is
1: truth. There is such thing as absolute truth. You know, God does exist. There is right and wrong. There is evil. There is all these things that we know to be true, and so many people know it to be true. People are just afraid to say it.
0: It's exactly right. But, but these things, like you think you're never going to change anyone's mind. That's what people say. Well, what's the point? I'm not going to change anyone's mind. Well, people's minds are changed. It is true. Especially the more voices who speak up. Um, Yes. And and you think about some of the big changes that have, that have happened in our society. They happen because of a vocal minority. Not, you know, the zeitgeist doesn't just move on its own. There's people who decide to start speaking. So why don't we speak too? Exactly. Yeah. Just an example of that is,
1: what's the percentage of, is it a half of a percent? It's a very, very small percentage of people that identify as transgender, but it kind of runs policy now. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Talk about a vocal minority.
0: Yeah. It's the tail wagging the dog. Right. And to
1: your point about people being afraid to speak up, you know, one thing I've noticed is that, and I'm not, you know, I might sometimes come off as a bit confrontational uh, in, in my writing and stuff. I'm not terribly confrontational in real life. Um, I don't go around yelling about my beliefs and stuff like that when I'm coaching my kids' baseball team you know <laughs> but but when I meet people, I realize you know, some years ago I heard I don't even know it was just some random YouTube rabbit hole or something like that. I heard Andrew Breitbart say before he died he said something like why is why are conservatives so afraid to speak up there's more of us than there are of them yeah. and I, th- I don't know why that just stuck in my head. And now, now that I've been in politics and I just start talking to people, this guy that I coach baseball with, my doctor, this other guy, this other guy, you meet all these people who are conservatives and who are Christians. Like you never, mm-hmm. but but people are so afraid yeah, to keep it
0: to themselves.
1: Yeah, right. You'd never know. And I thought, I said to this guy, he said, oh yeah, I'm a conservative. I listen to this and blah, blah, blah. Tell me about your uh, your website. I'm like, man, I never would have guessed you were a conservative, mm-hmm. which how ignorant of me. Why would I have? I just assume, you know, I just, you just assume that people aren't Christians, people aren't conservatives because, well, I think it's partly because, you know, of the offensive against us, which has been saying that we're evil and bad and, you know, bigoted, homophobic, transphobic, blah, 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 phobic, that you're afraid to say something because people are going to immediately be hostile towards you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I appreciate what you do because it's, it's important. It is important work.
1: Man, I just get to rambling when we start talking about this stuff. This is why I need a podcast. (laughs) I need to just be able to flip (laughs) on a mic and just start rambling. (laughs) Well,
0: it's good stuff. Uh, Let me, let's transition here. Let's talk, let's get back on like specific productivity type stuff. I, I wanted to ask you some questions about like what your week even looks like. So like, what's a typical week? Do you work five days a week? Do you try to like keep normal hours or?
1: Okay. No. I don't try to keep normal hours. Uh, I need to preface this with a disclaimer that it's kind of funny that I'm on the Redeeming Productivity podcast right now and I'm probably expected to talk about a healthy work-life balance and uh, this sort of stuff. I just launched a news outlet and so I'm in this season of life right now and I knew I would be. It was in the plan where I literally work all the time. So I knew that there was going to be You know, for a matter of months after we launched Discern, I was literally not going to be doing much else but working. And so right now, that's where I am. I'm not. Do not emulate my my daily routine at this point, because right now I'm I'm working. You know, with the exception of church and meals occasionally, and then you know, go out to eat with the family or whatever. I'm working. You know, basically from the time I wake up until nearly the time I go to bed. And that's because there's so much involved in running a news outlet, especially right after launch, especially when you're trying to establish a voice and establish yourself out there in the market, that there's just always so many things that need to be done. I mean, I'm I'm constantly behind. So right now, my week is lots and lots and lots of work. I wake up very early. um, I get some Bible in, and then I just dive in, man.
0: Yeah I imagine each next task is kind of just obvious for you because you got so many you just it's grab something you and again basically just in. close my eyes
1: and pluck one out of the
0: of the crowd. <laughs> yeah go fish strategy. Yeah. Uh it, w- back when you were doing like the B and stuff did you ever slip into a like a normal routine anyway, Yeah. or was it yeah. pretty chaotic too? So my nor- I mean I it was pretty busy as well but my
1: normal routine and this is what I'll be working towards with discern is you know I've always been a very early riser so um, when I'm in productivity mode, you know, I'm up between four and five every day. And I, I like that the morning time is my most productive time, especially that time before anyone else is awake. I get a, I get a lot done in the first couple hours before any of the kids are up or anything like that. And uh, in my normal routine, I'll take a little break at some point to go for a run or maybe just a walk around the neighborhood or something like that something to get the computer out of my face for mm-hmm. half an hour, you know, reboot my brain. Um, and, and generally speaking, normally I'm usually done by about five 30 so that I can, uh, you know, help out the wife with the kids, yeah. and, you know, eat dinner and do whatever evenings. We're very busy in the summertime. My family, you know, we've got baseball and wrestling and all this stuff. I've got three sons, uh, 10, eight and six. So we stay pretty busy.
0: Um, when you, we were talking about this, I think before we started recording, but, uh, we were talking about like seasons of life where yeah. you, where you have like kind of not a very good work-life balance. Yes. Um, and I remember when I started seminary, I remember talking with Kim, that's my wife and saying, Hey, the next three years, uh, are, it's just going to be brutal. And yep. you know, we're, we're, we're gonna have to work it out and we're gonna have to fit stuff in and, you know, like. You know, working with her kind of with a plan for like what, what do you need to feel loved by me? Yeah, knowing that the bare I, minimum. Yeah, what's the <laughs> what's the minimum to maintain our yeah. marriage? Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's pretty much it.
0: Did you have yeah. those conversations? Like what?
1: Yeah, I had that conversation with Chelsea. Yeah, my wife. Um and you know, before we launched discern, I was just doing CDR and, and I was pretty. I mean, I'm a work guy, man. I like to have my nose down. I like to be working. Uh, I like to be productive. It's just, it's in my DNA. It's mm-hmm. just what I do. It's my thing. Um, but for that time, I was running CDR just kind of as a as a passion project. I was pretty, you know. I mean, I was working all day, every day, obviously. But I was, um, you know, I'd go out to lunch with the wife. We'd go, you know, a couple of vacations over the summer. We'd go up north, whatever you know, I'm coaching baseball, I'm doing all this other stuff, but, but coming up to the launch of discern, which, you know, preparing to launch was a nearly a year long process. So we knew, you know, we knew it was coming. Uh, I basically told her, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, I asked her, I'm like, this is going to be okay, right? This is what it's going to take. It's going to be a couple few months where it's just going to be nonstop. And she, God bless her. She is a wonderful woman. She said, go for it. Praise God for for great wives, right? Definitely. I mean, wow. That's there is no that is
0: a major uh manifestation of the grace of God is a loving wife. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Um so what about generally Even now, like you've got all these different tasks you need to do, all this stuff, different dates, launches, all that, lots of information. What kind of tools do you use to stay organized? Like where do you keep, do you use Evernote? Do you use like any kind of task manager type thing?
1: Yeah, well, I'm really into Trello these days. Do you know Trello? Yeah, I love Trello. So that was something that Seth introduced me to, and we used it when I was still at the B uh, doing stuff daily. Uh, and so we use it now for discern for our article workflow. So we're all in there and we, you know, that's where articles get assigned and get, get, go through their various stages before they get published and all that stuff. And I started using Trello for personal stuff to do lists. It's, I like the mobile app too. It's, it's, um, pretty nice it's but, really
0: slick. We used that at a uh, GTY to plan this yeah. conference we just had. And that oh, was really? the first big project I did. With I didn't
1: fellow. hear any, any, anything notable come out of that conference. Was yeah, there anything, was anything newsworthy?
0: Nope, nope, nope. No. Pretty subdued.
1: So you pretty much all just went to the conference and then you just you, you decided to go home?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, nothing happened. Yeah. Okay, cool.
1: <laughs> go home. Uh, so we, we're all in Slack. We use Slack also, which I like. I don't know if that's a productivity tool, but Slack's not bad. And then, honestly, I'm pretty old school after that. I've got uh, my big paper calendar on my office wall that I keep a lot of... It says Reagan Podcast, 3 p.m. Really big on it right nice. there, so I didn't forget about you. I've got my... You know, I've got... You ever seen... Uh, what movie was that? I don't remember the movie. Never mind. Forget about that reference. But I've got these big monitors. I've got all this. I'm surrounded by screens, and I... And and I've got uh, lots of pads of paper, and I've got this really advanced system of reminders, which what I do is I scribble it down on this piece of paper, not even in any sort of organized manner or even all facing the same direction. And if it needs to be done, it's circled. And then once I do it, it gets scribbled out.
0: We could call that the chaos method of productivity. Yeah, it's the Adam Ford method. <laughs> the Adam Ford method. Yeah, hey, th- you got to patent that and publish a book. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm looking at right
1: now all these things that I need to get done that I'm behind on. <laughs> yeah, and you, and I'm just making you blab on here while you need to get real work done. <laughs> yeah, so you know I um I, I think every single productivity expert on the planet would shun me for this, but I use my email inbox as as a to do list as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got we use this email program called Front. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. It's pretty great. Seth turned me on to that as well. And it, I basically all my 795 email addresses, as well as DMS from my different pages and all this stuff, it all gets funneled to the same inbox.
0: And so it's just all right there. Oh, that's super cool. It sounds yeah. like I need to have Seth on here. That's what it sounds <laughs> like. <laughs> you should, man. Hey, hit I'm him up. He'd be him, fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've been trying to tell him he needs to do like a weekly podcast for discern, like for business
0: leaders or something. Yeah. Christian totally. Business leaders. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So we've talked about discern. We've talked about productivity. We've talked about the B and everything in between. Um, what's next? You've got the, the podcast coming out. Um, yeah. Do you have any kind of expectation for when the first one's going to launch? No. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> I was thinking,
1: I was hoping it would be relatively soon compared to now, I was hoping it'd be within a month or a month and a half of launching discern, but I am, I'm far busier than I imagined I would be. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, until I can find a way to delegate some of these things that I'm doing every day, um, I'm going, let me rephrase that. I'm going to have to find a way to delegate some of, uh, some of the stuff I'm doing every day. And once I do that and and we get a new system going, that's, uh, a little less of me being hands on with everything than the next thing on the, on the, Docket is going to be the podcast and I was hoping for daily, you know, I I think it's going to be a daily podcast, but at the very least it'll be a regular podcast. I would think at the very least three times a week and it's going to be talking about news and events of the day, you know, sort of like my newsletter. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're just going to, we're just going to chop it up, man. Whatever people are talking about, I'm going to blab
0: and rant like I've been doing to you. I love it. Yeah. I know that you frequently refer to yourself as the evangelical Ben Shapiro a little bit, you know, I don't know. (laughs)
1: i've actually heard people call me that you called me that didn't you yeah, I did, no, yeah. i've never no i'm, I'm pretty sure record, you said it i think you said I, it. no yeah. no i have never reagan go home i have never referred to myself as that before for the record
0: well i'm going to refer to you as that from now on Jeez, yeah no he's the, he's the jewish adam ford yes that's better yeah i <laughs> like that yeah much humbler yeah so what's
1: next for me is that is discern is is You know, we hit the ground running, but we still got polishing to do. We've still got I've still got numerous plans for discern that we haven't been able to implement yet because I've been too busy. Uh, So there's new things. There are several new things that are going to be rolling out for discern. And um, other than that, I'd say in about five minutes, my kids are going to come home from school and be really loud. And so if you hear that, that's what that is. (laughs)
0: I love it. Hey, uh, we talked about it. A lot of the different ways people can uh, stay in touch, sign up for the newsletters. I'll link yeah. to all of those. But what's like, what's the one thing if people are listening to this, they sign, they want to keep up with what's going on with Discern or with Adam Ford? Yeah. What's the one thing they should sign up for?
1: The Adam Ford newsletter. And you can Adam do Ford that newsletter. at adamfordnewsletter.com. I take,
0: that's F O R D, right? Correct.
1: I take uh, the five or six or eight most. Pressing news stories of the previous 24 hours It gets sent Monday through Friday. I provide a brief summary with links. And for most of the items, I analyze and opine and I sprinkle it with humor and uh, emojis and a little bit of irreverence and uh, put it all together. And what you end up with is an email that you get every day, around the middle of the day. Well, I can't say that because I there's people all over the world that get it. Lots of people have signed up for it. It's going really well. You get an email. It gives you a breakdown of exactly what you need to know if you're concerned about the type of stuff that you and I are concerned about. The heavy, the not so heavy, the uh, tragic, the interesting, the funny, along with my little analysis. and And people are finding it very valuable and I'm looking forward to continuing to do that. I'm trying to keep a focus on that as well as as well as well on the website um, and, and especially going into the election cycle and all of this stuff. I think it's gonna be a very very valuable resource for people.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it's a ton of fun. Like I mentioned earlier, if you guys should listen to this, I, uh, I read it every single day, five minutes. I don't even, I actually usually don't actually click through to the stories, but it just kind of keeps your finger on the pulse. It's a yeah. lot of fun. Really good stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate you coming on the show. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me on. I really do
1: appreciate it very much. And uh, the website again is discern.com. That's D-I-S-R-N.com.
0: Well, that's all for this episode. Uh, Don't forget to check out this week on the blog, How to Master Any Subject by Making It Interesting. Uh, It's been a really popular one this week, so if you haven't read it, head on over to redeemingproductivity.com and check it out. And just a brief personal note uh, as we close. I've been running Redeeming Productivity for a while now, um, and there are costs associated with hosting a website and with hosting a podcast, too. Uh, not to mention the software uh, and the equipment that it's required to record um, and edit these episodes, um, and that is not even bringing into the matter the the massive time commitment um, that it takes to make these. And, and hear me out, I, and by no means I'm am I complaining. I love it, and I want to keep doing this. Um, and several folks have asked me uh, recently if there was any way to help support the work of Redeeming Productivity. And until recently, I've always had to say. No, not really. I just appreciate you reading or listening. But this week, under duress, I finally decided to launch a Patreon page. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's really this simple platform that connects creators with people who want to support their work. So on my Patreon page, you'll find a few options for supporting Redeeming Productivity with a small donation each month. Uh, in exchange for that it will give you access to my private stream uh, which is basically just a place where you'll be the first to hear about upcoming projects Uh, and eventually i'm going to try to start to create special things just for uh, my patreon supporters but it's brand new nobody as of this recording is has signed up yet so you can be the first so if you're even a teensy tiny bit interested in helping me to continue to provide content related to christian productivity and please check out my Patreon page. It's at patreon.com slash redeemingprod, P-R-O-D. Um, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes below. Appreciate you thinking about it. And I will catch you next week on the Redeeming Productivity Show. And until then, remember, whatever you do, do it well and do it all.